Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic is Christ the King Sunday, also known as the Reign of Christ Sunday. Grab yourself a cup of coffee or tea, strap on your running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles or crochet hook and join us. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Dawn Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, Christ the King Sunday. I don't know anything. (laughs) What is it and why does it have two names? Uh, That's a great question. It is the final Sunday of the liturgical calendar. Oh, that sounds important. Yeah. So number of Sundays after Pentecost changes depending upon when Easter is. Sure. And how Easter changes around the year because it's movable. First full moon after the something, something and the something. Yeah. So because Easter moves around a bit, then we have kind of this indeterminate length of time that we end up with the Sundays after Pentecost, and Christmas kind of moves around a bit when the 25th is. I mean, it's always on the 25th, but it's not... You have a weird number of Sundays. Not always on a Sunday. Right. And so because of that, then you go four Sundays back from the 25th, December 25th. Yep. That gives you your first Sunday of Advent. The Sunday right before the first Sunday of Advent is always... Christ the King Sunday. Okay. That's the last Sunday of the liturgical calendar year. It belongs with the year previous. Advent 1 is the new year. Okay. And two names because we there's we'll talk about it in a bit. Kind okay. of just some differing ways to start thinking about this particular liturgical day. Okay. So what does it mean to be the last day of the church year? And by this I mean... Is it just we named it something because it seemed like it should have a name, it should have some (laughs) significance? Or is there a story that goes along with it or a particular reading that happens? Great question. And I would be very curious when this started to be instigated within the liturgical year. I haven't done that research, so I can't give you that info off the top of my head. But what it is, is... Kind of at this time of the calendar, these Sundays after Pentecost that hit us after Reformation Sunday and All Saints Sunday, we start heading towards more apocalyptic writing. Mm. And Advent is oftentimes full of apocalyptic writing. Okay. In some ways, one of the things that I said in my sermon this last week was, if everything is peachy keen and everything's real great, you don't need a savior. That makes sense. Right. So we spend a little bit of time at the end of the church year saying everything kind of (laughs) sucks. Which sounds terrible, but... Right? Nations fight against nations, and families are torn apart, and they're natural disasters. And we think about all this kind of crummy, icky stuff, and it reminds us that we need a savior. Okay. That we need... We need something beyond ourselves to save us, protect us, hold us, care for us, those kind of things. Okay, so to institute some sort of change, it has to be terrible. Otherwise, it's the path of least resistance. I mean, that's a theory. Okay. I don't know if it's accurate or not. I think that it's a theory, and it's where I'm going with it this year. Okay. So apocalyptic writing is real hard. And I think it's difficult to understand, it's difficult to enter into, but the point of this is to say that then what it does is it points us to trusting in God as something bigger than us. Okay. And part of what that leads us to then is this idea and this concept of Christ as King. 
And each liturgical year has its own spin on the idea of this. Okay. We are in year C right now. And so we're going to hear on Sunday from the Gospel of Luke. And the passage chosen in the lectionary for the Christ the King Sunday in Luke is the crucifixion scene. Oh, that's happy. Right. And so it's the crucifixion scene and the three men are on the cross and the two thieves are next to Jesus and they're fighting and arguing. And Jesus tells the thief who says this man was innocent. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus tells that thief, truly today you will be with me in paradise. And so that's the version of the kingship of Christ that we see in year C. Okay. Year A, which we're going to be heading into next, okay. is Matthew. So we're going to hear from Matthew 25 on the last Sunday of the year next year. And that section is Jesus is telling a story and says the king of glory will come. The king will come in his glory and he will separate the sheep and the goats and the people who are separated as good and the people who are separated as bad. And some people will ask, well, when, when did we see you or why did this happen? And Jesus says, because you fed me when I was hungry and clothed me when I was naked and visited me in the prisons. That's, that's how he's going to decide good and, versus bad. Right. And then they said, well, when did we do those things to you? He said, well, whenever you did this to anybody is when you did it to me. And when you didn't, you didn't do it for me. And so that's, again, the version of kind of the what kind of a king Christ okay. might be coming out of Matthean understanding Matthew's theology. And then year B, we get the Gospel of John. And we get chapter 18. And this is this conversation between Jesus and Pilate. Oh. And the trial scene between Jesus and Pilate. And Pilate saying, so you are a king? And Jesus saying, you say that I am a king. And this like back and forth thing, kind of interesting little trial scene between Pilate and Christ. And so each of these little pieces give us a different way of understanding if we are to put our hope in Christ, if we are to put our hope and our trust in Jesus as what will come to repair the world, where do we find that repairing happening? And what does that have to do in taking these ideas of monarchy and rulership and really twisting them? Yeah. These are not the images and stories that I would have pegged if you had just told me Christ the King Sunday I would have pictured angels and white robes and sparkling this and shining that. This is very different. Very different because Jesus is a different kind of ruler than Absolutely. we have ever had, right? And so it's not the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's not the risen Christ. It's not the ascension scene. It's not even the resurrection scene. Right? We find the rulership of Christ and the beginning of the kingdom of God in these moments of service, in these moments of death, in these moments of surrender. And it really plays with and changes the way we interact with and look at where do we put our faith and trust? What kind of leaders, rulers, what kind of government, what kind of sure whatever are we going to really put our hearts, our lives, and our souls in line with? 
So from that standpoint, then, do you have a hard time preaching Christ the King Sunday? Because it's not sunshine and roses. It's the end of the year. It's all. It's right. not like the end of the school year where everybody is singing praise and hallelujahs. It's a very different end of the year. Yeah. I historically have detested preaching Christ the King Sunday. I can get that. <laughs> It's another theological concept Sunday, like Trinity Sunday. Sure. And I just find those to be extremely challenging because it's so hard to explain in 12 to 15 minutes such a difficult theological concept. And I will say that I have also really struggled with Christ the King Sunday personally, like not knowing as much as I have a resonance in my experience with having kingdom language yeah. And the kingdom of God coming one step closer each day, right? That that resonates for me. I have a very difficult time understanding what Christ as a ruler looks like. Okay. I was just talking with a friend about this yesterday. On my day off, I went to the Abbey, the Benedictine Abbey close by, okay. Mount Angel. And we were walking around the library. And in the rare book room, there was a whole section on Christ the King. And I was like, oh, this is so hard. So, but you know what? I've given myself permission to not completely understand it yet. So for folks out there who are having a difficult time understanding a theological concept, even pastors have difficulties with these things sometimes. And it's okay to not totally understand everything. It's totally okay to not understand these kinds of, how does Jesus being a ruler impact my daily life? If that's not a question that has any resonance for you in this season of your life, it's totally okay. I will say that in the last two weeks, there has been something stirring for me in a different way about this concept than there has been for the last 40 years of my life. Okay. And admittedly, for the first 19 of them, I didn't care. Wasn't thinking about it at all. <laughs> but, you know, there's a difference that's happening for me this year around this. And it's because of that difference in the name. Oh, okay. So back to that Christ the King versus Reign of Christ Sunday. Okay. And I think this came onto my radar because king is a gendered term. Well, that was going to be my question. My first one, is it with squarely the kingdom language? Would it be different for you if it was queendom? I don't know. I don't know. But keep maybe riffing on that in a minute and we'll see. I guess people have had a difficult enough time with Christ the king because of that gendered language. And so this reign of Christ, I don't know when it started. I started noticing about two, three years ago okay. as a pastor. And I've been playing with the idea of it this year. And I was explaining to my parents when they were in to visit. I said, oh, we're coming up on Reign of Christ Sunday. Woohoo. And my pop was like, Reign of Christ? I've never heard it called that. Mm -hmm. I said, well, if we think about it, like, have you watched any of The Crown on Netflix? I am aware of its work, but I have not actually watched it. So good. I haven't watched the newest stuff, but I watched all the first sessions and just loved it. Yeah. So much more respect for Elizabeth the Queen. Sure. And there's the difference. That's kind Hearing, of what I was getting at. Yeah. Because Hear Elizabeth the Queen versus the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. Mm -hmm. When we talk about Elizabeth the Queen, we're almost talking about the individual person who is in that role. When we talk about the reign of Queen Elizabeth II... Oh, now you're about going a, bigger and Exactly. Broader. You go much larger, much broader. You start talking about 
the change in England from the 1940s to present day. And the reign of Queen Elizabeth II has been huge in what she has seen and what she has served as a rock throughout all these massive, huge changes. And we're not talking so much about the person Mm -hmm. and the individual and her power or her individual experience. We're talking about the entire, I mean, in ways, the entire world's experience Sure. Of the reign of Queen Elizabeth II. So then if we apply that, a thing that we can kind of capture and understand in our own experience because we're living through it, then when we say Christ the King, I start thinking about Jesus and I start thinking about Christ as King and what would it be like for him to be the King and my brain starts fuzzing out and I can't catch it. Well, and that's part of the problem in that for those of us that know the story... There's so much that's not good. Yeah. Right? When you're talking the death on the cross and the torch, I mean, that's not a great reign. Well, or then we say Christ the King. I don't see how Jesus, who heals the poor and eats with sinners and spends his time with the outcast, like that doesn't compute. I can't imagine a ruler who isn't trapped by power. Sure. Right? But that's the entire point of it to be fair, (laughs) at the end of the day, my brain just can't comprehend it. And so if I take it and I expand it and I talk about the reign of Christ, then that is something that has not happened and is happening and will happen. And right now we start talking about lengths of time. Now we start talking about eons. Now we start talking about what are the changes that are going to happen in the same way that changes have happened in Queen Elizabeth's reign. What are the changes that would happen under Jesus as our king, as our ruler? You're talking about the hypothetical changes that would be brought by that person versus thinking specifically about, well, he came in on a donkey at one point and he healed a few people there and he supposedly performed a miracle there, which doesn't quite have the same impact for us, especially when you're going to try to apply it personally. And it also gives that openness that the impact of the reign of Christ would be more than just within a certain space and time. Sure. That the impact of Christ being a ruler or Christ being in charge of things has a long arching impact in ways that we may never even have comprehended. And again, I go back to earthly examples just so my brain can try and grasp. Because I think that this is one of those theological concept Sundays that is so hard to enter into that it makes it really hard. So if I'm simplifying, yeah, so what? I'm simplifying. (laughs) If I'm saying things kind of awkward, yep, totally going to be saying things awkward. And if we have listeners who have been wrestling with this, who have much better ways of explaining it, huzzah, let us know. Send us an email. But if I think about the impact of like... So Queen Elizabeth opted to allow for her consecration as queen, for her, what's the fancy term for when you become a queen and you get... Coronation? That's it, the coronation. So she allowed her coronation to be filmed and broadcast. And there was like a section that she didn't allow because it's a religious rite and all kinds of different pieces. But there's this whole conversation that they show in the film, how historically accurate I would question, but just this idea that there's a new technology 
changing something ancient and historic and allowing greater access to that experience for many people, Mm -hmm. her decision to do that leads all the way down to Meghan Markle's wedding being live streamed and millions of people getting to hear Bishop Curry preach. Sure. About the love of Jesus across the world, right? And the impact that her reign changing these rules has had then on the world. And if that's just one woman, one mortal woman's impact on the world, holy moly, what will the reign of Christ be like? And how awesome could it be that this person who believes in sacrifice and healing and serving the poor and seeking out the rightness for all people, if that person were really in charge, what could that kingdom really be like to live in? That sounds way better than (laughs) a reading about Pilate and... Christ having a conversation about, well, I don't know, you said I'm king. I didn't say I'm king. <laughs> right. Your version is much more hopeful. Well, and I think we end the year on that hope. We end the year on that promise that Christ will be the ruler of the world, that this, what we experience now will not be the last word. And then we roll right into Advent, where we are sitting in expectant hope for the coming of a Savior. And so that's the arch. That's how it leads us from who he is as this adult religious leader back to we're waiting for a baby to be born. Sure. So does the service itself seem any different? There's no, you get special songs or colors or anything else. It's just a service that has a name and it's the last one in in the bit and then you move on to Advent. It's a festival Sunday. So it can have more stuff to it. If you choose. If, you know, depending upon how you choose as a congregation to celebrate and honor it. But it's like a Pentecost or All Saints Sunday, Trinity Sunday. Okay. They're like these little festivals throughout the year. And okay. this is one of them. All right. That's going to lead me to my last question. Mm-hmm. You've somewhat answered it, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Mm-hmm. Is this a blip for you as you run towards Advent and Christmas because that tends to be one of the busier seasons or is it something you spend a little more time on? Historically, it's been an obnoxious tripping point on my way to Advent. Okay. (laughs) Because I've had such a challenge with it. This year, I don't know. It's been very different and I'm fascinated by that. I have no idea what I'm going to end up preaching on Sunday. But oh, fantastic. It's Tuesday for those of you playing the home game. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's got a few days to figure that out. I got some time. I got some time. But yeah, it'll be interesting how this kind of thought pattern is going to impact this. And then I think impact into Advent as we head, sure. as we head into Matthew. It's, I don't know. It's different this year. Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the reign of Christ Sunday. I look forward to sitting down with you another week on another topic. As do I, and thank you all for joining us. We would love to hear from you. You can reach out to us by email at podcast at centralportland.org or find us on Facebook. We would love to hear from you. And until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.